And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And we are back again with Daphne Davis from Pinnacle Senior Placements. And we're talking about, you know, how to get things moving forward now that we've been in lockdown for as long as we have. And so many families today are finally seeing their loved ones for the first time. And, you know, some of us haven't seen our loved one for a year. And certainly, um, Daphne, I am so interested in, you know, your take on this. And you, you said it so eloquently, so many things of we have to have those conversations. So you said in our last segment, you had a story to tell about a situation. And I'm excited to hear about what happened. I want to give this story because it has a long timeline. It's about two and a half years. And I had spoken at a women's group in the Ballard area and about two and a half years ago, and I got a phone call from a friend of a friend. It wasn't even services for her. And she called me and she says, I've hung on, I've hung on to your card and I remembered you and wanted to um, share your information with a friend of mine, but can you just let me know that you're still doing the job, et cetera, et cetera. I said, absolutely. I would love to help your friend. Shorten the introduction. I get introduced to her friend. Um, her and her husband are both in their 90s. They've been living in their own home, um, fairly successful. They are having falls. They are having some blackouts, passing out kind of things because of low blood pressure. So there's some health issues going on. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, the the way that this couple was described to me was fiercely independent very much in love with their rambunctious dog and was going to be moving out of their house feet first. There was no way that, that yeah. they were going to be moving out of their house. This was where they were going to stay. Mm-hmm. And so the friend was like, Daphne, have you worked with any couples like this? I said, all the time. I mean, everyone wants to stay in their home. That's normal. We want to stay in our own home. And I want you to stay in your home. Um, but if it's not safe, it's not a wise decision. I meet with the family um, after a series of start, stop, start, stop, couldn't get our our schedules together. Kids didn't have the right schedule availability as the parents. They had doctor's appointments. It was difficult to coordinate our our schedules. This happened to be the third appointment face-to-face that I'd had since last March of 2020. And so we're just starting to do face-to-face appointments. So I'm going to be home. now, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's it locked is. up in your room. <laughs> no, it was like, okay, here we go. We're back on the horse again. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very nice to see people again. So I go to their home. The daughter and the son are there. Um, I have had conversations with the woman. Um, everyone's alert and oriented. Uh, have lived in the house for over 60 years. I mean, this is a big, big move in North Seattle. Yeah. Small little bungalow. Very crowded house with lots and lots of things that are 60 years of life. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But still not a safe environment for people who are fall risk. And so that was one of the first things that I observed. And the son and the daughter wanted me to come to assess their home and be able to say, yes, this can be a good in-home care situation with these modifications. That was why I was going. No placement, no nothing. Okay. And so I share that with you listeners because everybody's story is unique and different and everyone needs information. There is no phone call to me that is not worthwhile, none. 
every phone call has value because you have value. Your story is unique. Don't ever, ever think that, oh, I'll be bothering Daphne or it's a waste of her time. No one is a waste of my time ever. So please, please hear my heart there. So I spent two hours with this family. And remember, uh, this couple, they're not going to be moving out of their house. And they do have a very rambunctious dog. And in the city of Seattle, North Seattle, there's an organization called NEST and neighborhoods that take care of each other. And so they're making use of that program as well. And their kids are very supportive, very supportive. Meals are being brought in. Um, They have somebody walk their dog. Uh, On occasion, someone will bring their their mail to the door instead of them walking out if the weather's real inclement. So they've got some things in place. Um, Groceries are being delivered to their house. But they're still having falls. And fortunately, no one's broke anything. And the kids are so worried. They're still going up and down. Now, remember, this is a 60-plus-year-old house in North Seattle, a little bungalow. And they're going up and down steps to the basement to do laundry. They're going up and down steps outside to the detached garage to go out to the freezer to get food. Both of them, um, one has macular degeneration severely, so eyesight is very compromised. The other person has got congestive heart failure and so really gets winded. I mean, in the time that I was there, that person I could see walking 10 feet was a winded situation. I was able to observe some pretty severe edema um, because the heart wasn't doing their job, so their ankles and legs were very swollen. Um, weren't to the place of having any infections or anything, but definitely was uncomfortable and tight-skinned. I mean, it was very red and um, just not quality. So I'm, I'm just quietly observing. to happen. It, it is. It was just a classic story. And so we go through the whole process of having a conversation of discovering highest values. And my presence allowed the kids to be really honest without feeling fearful. And if something was said a little sideways, I was able to kind of undo it. And and in a way, that's my style to just say what I heard you say was. And so there wasn't misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. But we got to the place where one person said, I don't I didn't even realize I was that bad. And and then that person was able to demonstrate. And I, I just had that person be able to observe their their breathing, you know, and they're like, didn't even know that. Or we talked about other solutions. There's no grab bars in the bathrooms. Um, I mean, there's dog toys everywhere. Now, remember, we've got macular degeneration going on. Um, That person with the macular degeneration is completely wall walking and furniture walking. And they didn't even, they're not even aware that they're doing it. The kids weren't even aware. And so just having an awareness of where I am in my own journey, my own health journey, was eye-opening for this family. By the end of the conversation, remember, it's about two hours, and we're getting to know each other and, you know, having humor, and, and it's just a conversation. Um, it, it was to move forward for me to be doing some information gathering as options for them to move out of their house. And we had talked about financial issues and they came to discover that it really wasn't financially wise to have somebody in their home. We talked about, you know, our own home being your castle 
having someone fold your towels in thirds instead of quarters can sometimes be a real issue in your own house. It's a trite thing, but we have our ways of living. I had an appointment set up for us to go and tour, and I get a phone call two days before, and it's canceled. And the family has decided to stay in their own home. So I, I tell you the story, and I, I said to the couple, I said, I totally respect your decision. I know that this is a, a, a hard thing to do. And we had talked about some of the things that they were, you know, fearful about. And I kind of reiterated those things. I said, but you will know when the time is right for you. There was no pressure, no guilt, no shame, yeah. no anything um, to the family because this is their choice. Right. They were fully aware that they were consciously making the decision to have a higher risk level than what they thought they wanted when I was there. It made logical sense when I was there, but when push came to shove, it wasn't what they wanted to do. And that was honored. But now the kids and the adults, the the kids and the, the parents all have information. They've learned how to talk to each other. They've learned how to release pieces of, of responsibility They've learned how to, to say to each other, this makes me worried. Could we change this and do it this way instead? Um, and so they have some tools. I feel like that's a success. I tell you this story because I know a lot of you are in this situation. Very much so. The worst thing to happen would be for your relationship with your family members or the primary people, your best friend, whoever it is, to have that relationship severed in any way because of lack of communication. There, we can talk. We all have a voice. We all have feelings. We all have thoughts. Please reach out to somebody. If it's not a person like me, reach out to a social worker, a, a nurse in your doctor's yes, office, sir. your pastors, anybody, your rabbi, somebody. Correct. Reach out to them your long lost best friend from when you were 10 years old, you know, whoever it is, somebody that you feel you can be safe with, Mm -hmm. but talk about it. Please don't live in fear. It's not worth it. Right. And you know, exactly what you're saying is what so many are dealing with right now, because we have not, so many of us have not seen our parents. It's like, this is the first time I've seen my parent. And I mean, I've seen so many posts like that, on my on my Facebook of I finally saw, got to see my mom now that I got vaccinated I can and, and they're taking pictures yeah. you know and and um, it you know it breaks my heart that we've been through this but at the same time you know I think you know I think we are coming going to come through this stronger as a society because I think we're becoming more mindful of our senior loved ones. I think we've, because we've had this, many, many of us have been separated. We appreciate them more. So there's a lot of good things too. And obviously, um, you know, we're working forward. So everyone in the meantime, Daphne, how, how do we reach you? Well, I'm going to suggest going to my website because you can listen to past podcasts that we've had at our website. Uh, I'm on Pinnacle, P-I-N-N-A-C-L-E, PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. And then also you will always get a live voice at 855-734-1500. So it's 855-734-1500. 
And of course, Daphne is on our podcast network as well. If you go, if you're on Apple or Google or any of the major podcast platforms, she's there. All you have to do is go on to Answers for Elders channel and and do a search for Daphne Davis, and she's there. So we're very excited. And in our next segment, we're going to continue this conversation because there's many layers to what we're talking about. And Daphne will be right back right after this. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Life Audio. 